Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Well, uh, probably a lot of you have heard over the last uh, few weeks that uh, Haiti is in quite a a crisis right now. Uh, Thank you, David. Um, The entire country is kind of in upheaval, Uh, a lot of uh, burning and looting and and, uh, a lot of things going on against the government there. We've taken about 20 mission trips to Haiti in the last 10 years to the same compound every time. And uh, just kind of give you an update on what's going on there. Some of the missionaries have been evacuated by helicopter uh, to Miami. They could not get down the roads. All the roads were closed. People were being pulled out of cars and cars stolen and burned. And so they were helicoptered out. Two of the missionary families have decided to stay uh, on the compound in Haiti. And uh, they are simply asking for uh, your prayer and uh, thoughts as they go through the, the next few weeks and and hopefully some stability can come back to that country. So we just wanted to have a special prayer uh, for the country of Haiti and for uh, the missionaries who are there at this time. Let's have a prayer if we could. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we just thank you so much that you love us and that you care for us. You are the mighty God. And so we pray that in a mighty way that uh, you would be the country of Haiti. Father, the, the problems there are overwhelming and no one person can solve them. But Uh, Dear Lord, you can do anything. So we pray for peace. We pray for stability. Uh, We pray for the missionaries who are on the compound in Titayan. We just pray that you would keep them safe, uh, that you would give them peace and comfort and let them know that you're with you and that our thoughts and prayers are with them this morning. That is our hope and prayer. And in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Well, anybody remember what last Thursday was? Valentine's Day. That's exactly right. Who did something romantic on Valentine's Day? Anybody? Okay. About three of you. Uh, Obviously, you need to up your game uh, a little bit out there, uh, people. Uh, Well, Dawn and I, we had a nice Valentine's Day. Uh, We went to Jeff Ruby's, uh, had maybe the best steak I've ever had, and for sure the most expensive steak uh, I've ever had. And then we went to Actors Theater, and we saw a play at Actors Theater. We had a, a really nice time. But I was looking on Facebook and some social media, and I found not everybody sees Valentine's Day the same way. There were posts like, well, I tell you what, nobody's going to tell me when I have to be romantic. You know, or or there was people that were just angry uh, because of something that had happened in a relationship or something like that. But the best thing I saw was the El Paso Zoo. Anybody see this? Nobody saw what the El Paso Zoo did. Yes, one person. The El Paso Zoo was selling cockroaches. Got the ad right here. And what you would do is, if you had been jilted by someone, you could buy a cockroach. You would name it in their name. And then I believe it was at 2.15 on Valentine's Day, they brought the cockroaches out. They would hold them up by name, Chip Pendleton, and then they would feed it to a meerkat who would eat it in front of you. It became their biggest fundraiser of the year. Now, just kind of as a side note, who thinks their name might have been on a cockroach? 
Okay, a few of you. Who would have, you would have known in advance and you would have bought a cockroach? Okay, a few, a few more of you. All right, something like that. So Valentine's Day can be seen in a couple of different ways uh, when you look at it. We've been talking about the holiness of God. Uh, we started a series called Superstar, and we're going to see how we can look at God and his holiness in a couple of different ways, one that is good and productive and another not so much, just as we saw with the cockroaches. So turn over to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. While you're turning over that, I'll give you a little bit of background on what's going on here. In Exodus chapter 19, Israel, uh, the children of Israel have left Egypt and they've been gone about three months. So it's been three months since uh, the destruction of Pharaoh's armies at the Red Sea. They get to Mount Horeb uh, or Mount Sinai. You can use either name. This is the mountain of God where Moses saw God at the burning bush. And so when he's taking the people out, where do you go? You go where God's at and where's God's place? Well, that's where he appeared to me. So they go uh, to Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. And when they get there, God tells Moses to prepare the people to meet him. This morning, we're going to be talking about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And when you hear that word fear, what you think of is being afraid, of being scared. uh, And and that's not the kind of fear that we're talking about here. Uh, When you think of of that kind of fear, uh, that kind of fear is uh, a very unpleasant emotion uh, that comes from the fact that you perceive something is going to cause you danger, threat, or pain. So that's the, that's the bad kind of fear. I think this is going to cause me danger, threat, or pain. Okay, And so that's what a lot of people think of. But this is not the kind of fear uh, that's being talked about here. Uh, the phrase fear of the Lord is used 200 times in the Scripture. So that's a lot of times. And not only that, uh, in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, we're told this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if we're going to be wise, if we're going to live life to the best that we can live it, then we need to understand what this fear is. It's being talked about here because if you don't have it, you're never going to be wise. And so what is this fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom? And we're going to talk about that this morning over in Exodus 19. We're basically just going to look at three things. We're going to look at what is the fear of the Lord. We're going to look at the wrong kind of fear of the Lord. And we're going to look at the purpose of the fear of the Lord. So we're going to start out with what is the fear of the Lord in its proper context. And so let me give you kind of a definition, a working definition for us this morning of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is reverence, awe, respect, and wonder at the power and glory of the Lord. It's reverence. You revere someone. It's awe. It's respect. Man, I've got a lot of respect for you. It's, it's wonder. Wow. It's all of those things at the glory and the power of the Lord. So that's what the fear of the Lord is in its proper context. It's not being afraid of God. It's not thinking God is threatening or going to hurt you. It's respect, all wonder, reverence at the glory and power of the Lord. So is it to be afraid of God? Look at verse 3. 
Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and says, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourself have seen what I did to Egypt, how I carried you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to myself. So listen to what he says to him there. You've seen what I did to Egypt. I brought Egypt to its knees, but I, I protected you. I carried you like you were on eagles' wings. Remember in the, in the Return of the King, the last Lord of the Rings movies, when the big eagle comes down and saves Frodo? Anybody remembers that Frodo? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know, carried you on eagle's wings, took you to protection when you need it. So this God is all-powerful. He brought the mightiest army in the world, Egypt, to its knees. He brought the plagues on Egypt. The, the, the Egyptians were utterly destroyed. He's the God of power and glory, but he's the God in all of this who brought you like you were on eagle's wings. So he's not a God for us to be afraid of. He's a God that's actually protecting us and caring for us. Keep reading verse 4 verse 5. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. So the next thing he tells them is, okay, if you're faithful to me, you will become my treasured possession. Now think of a treasure. A treasure is something of enormous, uh, of enormous benefit and wealth, something that you would do anything to get. It's a treasure. And God says, you are going to be my treasured possession. So he's going to carry you on eagle's wings. You're his treasured possession. Does that sound like someone you need to be afraid of? Not at all. He's someone that loves you and cares for you, even in his power and even in his glory. And then finally, verse 6. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, the word priest simply means one who stands for God. So what he means is this. Okay, from now on, because you were my treasured possession, you become a person in this world that stands for me. Now, we think of priests as being some kind of holy, special person that's different than everybody else. And that's it. what we are, every one of us. We're all supposed to be special, different people that stand apart for the glory of God. So it's no longer about us. It now becomes about God and what we're doing for God. We become, we are told, a holy nation, a nation different, set apart, above, unique. Now, the problem Israel had is they thought all of this was about them. We're special, we're good, we're better than other people, nah, 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 nah. And that's not what God wanted from them. He wanted them to be special so that they would bless the rest of the world, not so they would just get benefits on their own. And so that's what we need to see today. This great God loves you, you're his treasured possession, but your job is to stand for him, not stand for yourself. But the way most of us live our Christian lives is we stand for ourselves and we expect God to do things for us. We want God to meet our every need and every whim. And if he doesn't, we, we, uh, you know, we get angry. We think God doesn't love us because we think it's all about us. I remember in a former church I pastored, uh, there was this, this guy in the church and he was a fairly grumpy guy. Okay, uh, and, and he was grumpy to everybody. And then somebody came and told me during deacon elections, hey, you know the grumpy guy? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, he gives a lot of money to the church. And he said, if he's not elected a deacon, he's going to take all of his money he's given and stop giving it to the church. 
And I thought, wow, that's somebody who's finally figured it out. This God stuff, it's not about me. It's about God and praising him and standing for him and being a witness in the world. And I'm going to prove that because if I don't get what I want, which is people voting for somebody they don't like, then I'm going to take my money and I'm going to leave. And so me being a young pastor and not knowing stuff, I said, well, let him leave then, you know, you know. I didn't know that affected my salary, you know, if, if, he, if he did that or, or something like that. So, so there you have, you know, th- this idea of God and the fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of God, but it's rather for us to say, okay, this God that I worship is a God of power and glory and all. I'm his treasured possession. I stand for him in this world. And that brings us to the second thing that we see in our scripture passage To be terrified of God's wrath and power is the wrong kind of the fear of the Lord. To be terrified of God's wrath and power is the wrong kind of the fear of the Lord. So Moses tells the people, okay, you're going to meet God today. So purify yourselves. Only wear good clothes and wear your best clothes. And uh, go out and you're going to meet God today. So the people go through all that. They wear their best clothes. They're purified. They go out. And let's see what happens. Verse 16 of chapter 19. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning and a thick cloud over the mountains and a very loud trumpet blast. And everyone in the camp trembled. And Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it. Smoke like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently as the sound of the trumpets grew louder and louder. Wow. So the people come out to meet God. And when they do, the mountain starts to shake. And then thunder and lightning comes down out of the sky. Boom. And then fire lights up the mountain and smoke goes everywhere. And the people trembled in fear. Who would tremble in fear if that was you today? I would tremble in fear. I can tell you that. Uh, You know, I still get scared watching movies, you know, or something like that. Movies I've seen 10 or 12 times. You know, when the head comes up on Jaws, I still jump every single time. You know, that happens. I can't help it. Just, Just kind of the way that it is. So the people here, they're terrified of God. And if you're terrified of someone, then it's going to cause you to draw away from them and not to them. You see, there's two kinds of fear. One kind of fear causes you to be in awe and wonder and glory and draws you to something. Another kind of fear causes you to be afraid because there's danger in it. It's threatening. I might be hurt. And so you pull away. What kind of fear do the children of Israel have? Look over to chapter 20, verse 18. Chapter 20, verse 18. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. And what did they do? They stayed at a distance. What kind of fear did they have? It was the wrong kind of fear. They were scared. They were afraid. It caused them to pull away from God. This God, man, he's powerful. He's mighty. We don't know what's going on. We're afraid of him. And it caused them to pull away from God instead of pulling to God. 
You see, when something is scary to you, when you're afraid of something, when you think you might get hurt by something, you get away from it, you don't get to it. You pull away, not close. And, and I have some pictures here that demonstrate what it means to pull away from something because you're afraid. So here's the first one. What's he afraid of? When a hippopotamus comes out after you, you better start running. Here, here's another one. Okay, this bull got loose. Uh, they're, they're a little bit afraid. They're trying to get away from it. Here's another one. Jack Sparrow, he's a little bit afraid here. Uh, he's being chased. He doesn't think this is a good kind of fear that's coming at him now. And then finally, we have this one here. Okay, when something scary that you're afraid is going to hurt you comes after you, what do you do? You run. You get away. The God most people in our world see is a God of anger and judgment that's out to get them. You know, we used to preach all the time, hell, fire, and brimstone. You know, you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell for all eternity. And that's, that's true and all that. But that's not exactly going to make you snuggle up to this God that you believe. It's going to cause you to be afraid of that God. I remember uh, I took Alyssa one time uh, to a crusade in Owensboro, and the pastor got up who was speaking, and he said, the elevator door is open. You're inside, but the button's going down. It's getting hotter and hotter. You're about to die in flames of hell. And I said, come on, listen, we need to leave uh, right now. <laughs> he was scaring me. I, I wanted to get away, you know, as, as that was. And so that's not the kind of faith that draws you to something. It draws you away from it. God's angry at me. I'm guilty. I'm a bad person. God's going to send me to hell for all eternity. Now, we need to have people know the truth about eternal destiny. But drawing people to God is more than fear. It's drawing them to a God that really loves them and cares for them. But look at verse 19 of chapter 20. The people said to Moses, speak to us yourself. We will listen. Do not have God speak to us or we will die. So this is the wrong kind of fear. They're afraid of God getting them. They're afraid of God judging them. They're afraid of God hurting them. And so they want to get away from this kind of God. That's not the kind of fear of the Lord we're supposed to have. So what's the purpose of fearing the Lord? The purpose of fearing the Lord is to call us to draw closer to him, not further away from him. The fear of the Lord should draw us closer, not further away from him. We see that in the very next verse of our scripture passage. Look back to Exodus 20, verse 20. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. So the people say, you talk to God. We're afraid of this guy. He's going to kill us. And Moses says, do not be afraid. Do you know how many times in scripture When God or an angel shows up to people, they're terrified. Guess how many times? Every time. Every time God or an angel shows up, people are terrified. We think of angels as being little chubby cherubs rowing around with a harp in their hand. Well, that's not going to terrify you, okay? Uh, When these people show up, man, they are pretty awesome. People are are afraid when they show up. And what's the first thing God or an angel says every time they show up? 
Do not fear. Do not be afraid. It's okay. Don't be afraid. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. So suddenly this fearsome, awesome God becomes one that isn't out to get us, but is there to help us. And that changes everything. Do you know how many times in the scripture when God or an angel shows up and says, do not fear? Guess how many times? 365. Guess how many days of the year there are? 365. I don't know what you're afraid of. I don't know what you are fearing right now. But it is not more powerful than the Lord God Almighty to help you through it. Every day of your life, there can be another verse that tells you, do not fear. Because that's what it's all about. So this God that is showing up here isn't trying to get us. He's on our side. Keep reading verse 20. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God's come to test you so that the fear of God will keep you from sinning. God wants your best. He's only trying to let you understand how great and powerful he is. So you get in your mind, okay, God knows best. God wants best. God's on my side. God's going to protect me. God's going to show me the right way. I can trust in him. My fear of the Lord, his awesomeness, his power, his glory is not drawing me away from him. It's drawing me to him. 365 times. So we're afraid of God's judgment. We're afraid of going to hell. Turn over to 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. The fear of the Lord draws you to God. It doesn't draw you away from God because this fearsome God is on your side. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. What do we rely on? The love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. This is how love is made complete among us, that we can have boldness or confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears has not been made perfect in love. So there's a fear of the Lord that has to do with drawing us to him and understanding his power and glory. And there's a fear that causes us to be afraid that something bad's going to happen to us. And what we're told here in John is that fear that you're afraid of God's judgment, you can put that aside. You're God's child. He loves you. Jesus died for you. So when you think of the awesome power of God, when you think of the people on on the mountain that day and the mountain trembling and lightning coming down and, 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 uh, and all of the smoke and fire, and then to think, this awesome God, I'm his treasured possession. Then how should that make you feel? This God that's causing the whole earth to tremble at this very moment, I'm his treasured possession. Come on, world, I've got you. You're nothing out there that's greater than that, I can tell you that. It draws you to him, not away from him. Anybody here ever read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis? Several. Anybody here ever watch the movie? Maybe that. Okay, yeah, yeah, everybody's seen the movie, just as good. Well, there's a part in the movie where Aslan, who is the lion, 
the God figure, is about to show up, and Mr. Beaver is telling them about Aslan. And this is what Mr. Beaver says. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just plain silly. Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Well, is he safe? I would feel rather nervous meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe. But he's good. And he's the king. And I tell you this because he loves you. Do you hear that? Think about that because he's talking about God here. If anyone can appear before the Lord without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or just plain silly. He is the Lord God Almighty. Oh, I thought he was just a man. We make God out to be just a man sometimes. God be like us. A man? No, he's not a man. Well, I would feel nervous meeting the Lord God Almighty. Is he safe? Is he safe? No, he's not safe. But he's good. He's the king. And he loves you. Wow, doesn't that change everything when you begin to look at God and his power and his glory? You know, last week we talked about the fact that we need more than a buddy sometimes. We need this God of power and this God of glory. The fear of the Lord is not to drive you away from him in fear that something bad is going to happen to you. The fear of the Lord is supposed to draw you to him because you know this God of power and glory is on your side. movie came out a few years ago that wasn't the greatest movie of all time, but it had a particular scene in it that I want you to see. It's Batman versus Superman. Anybody see that? Okay, just the back rows. Everybody in the back row. That's pretty impressive. So your, your, your Marvel fans are in the back row back there. Anyway, there's a scene in Batman vs. Superman where everything is going wrong. The building is collapsing. This girl's about to be killed. And Superman comes swooping in and saves the girl in great power, something nobody else on earth could do. This man is flying. He's, he's going through burning buildings. He's saving this girl. And when Superman lands, I want you to see what happens. Everybody at first begins to back away a little bit. This guy, you know, he's not like us. He's tough. He's, he's, all, he's got all this power. And then Superman goes and gives the girl to her mother. And the reaction of people who are kind of not sure what to think changes. And they say, this, this powerful guy is there to help us. And they begin to reach out just to touch him in honor and respect for what he has done. I want you to watch this short clip of Batman vs. Superman.
Do you see how the power drew people to him and not away from him? That's what the fear of the Lord is supposed to do for you. You see, sometimes we forget he is the Lord God Almighty. And he reigns in power and glory forever and ever. But this God of power and glory loves you. You're his most treasured possession. And that should cause you to reach out to him in awe, in wonder, in reverence, and in respect. And so seldom do we do that. God's my friend. God's my buddy. He's not the God of all and glory and power that I come to with respect and worship. But when we make him that, then everything about us changes. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. We look at ourselves and we see everything that's wrong. And you look at us and you see your child that you loved and created and would do anything for even dying upon a cross. And so, Father, as we think about you and your power and your glory, help us to be drawn to you and not to run from you, to come to your love and not to run from your wrath. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we come to this time of invitation where you're being asked to come to God, and during this time, there's several things you can do. If you've got fears in your life, things that are hitting you and overwhelming you, you can come and pray at this altar. We have ministers that would love to pray with you and just come and say, I want to turn my fears over to the fearsome God who loves me. During this time, you can come and say, I want to join this church and be a part of what this church is doing to make a difference in our world. The most important thing you would ever do is come down and say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I believe that God loves me. He's not out to get me. He's done everything he can to save me. And you come and give your life to him and you follow him in baptism. This is your time and your opportunity. Would you be seated for just a second, please? Uh, Jay, is Jay Thomas here? Jay? Oh, there's Jay right up front. Okay, come on up, Jay. Uh, Jay, as you know, uh, travels around the world and uh, teaches pastors uh, around the world. And he's going to be leaving on Tuesday going to... Um, Kenya, Africa. Going to Kenya, okay? And uh, he'll be uh, training pastors and, and ministers there in, in Kenya. So certainly uh, be in prayer for Jay. Uh, in just a second, Larry's going to have a, a prayer uh, for Jay. And uh, if you'll just stay up here for just a second and uh, then come by and let him know you're going to be thinking about him and praying for him as he goes this week uh, to Kenya. Brother Larry? Come on up, Kyle. I want to introduce also Kyle Anderson. Kyle comes to us on a promise of a letter from the Koza Baptist Church in Okinawa, Japan. He was in the military over there and uh, has been here. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. God bless you, man. But he comes to be a part of our church now, and, and uh, 
feel like Jesus Christ is in your life, and he's in all of ours. And we're so glad you're a part of our church now. You've you just joined the greatest church in the United States as far as I'm concerned. And uh, so, anyway, you'll be praying. You'll be praying for Kyle, will you not? And also, you'll be praying for Jay as he goes out. And let's have a prayer, okay? Would you do that, please? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. I thank you for Kyle and his life and his service to you and to our country. I thank you for Jay and all that he means to me as a friend and the way he serves our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by training pastors everywhere. Thank you for him. I pray that you would bless him as he goes to Kenya, that he would have a safe travel, that these pastors would be responsive and that give him knowledge and insight to know exactly what to say and how to train those folks. So, Father, just bless him and his family as he serves us here at Westport Road also. So bless us now as we leave this place. Go with us and protect us, and we'll give you the praise and honor and glory. It's in Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Come by and speak to these folks. Will you do that, please? We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.